Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. For today's conversation, I've asked Dale Pollock, V-Auto founder and Cox Automotive Executive Vice President, to join our podcast. Dale, welcome once again to the program. Thank you, Lance. Good to be with you again. Indeed. Now, Dale, the reason I wanted to bring us together here today is about two weeks ago, Cox Automotive had a webcast, and on that webcast, you encouraged dealers to look at their 14-day rolling total of retail sales as a guide to determine how much they should stock in their used vehicle department inventory. And you also made the point that, you know, this is a modification of sorts of a of guidance that suggests dealers should really stock in alignment with their 30-day total of retail sales. So I wanted to just maybe start there and say what's going on out there that would necessitate this 14-day view that you're recommending? I think all of what you said could easily be uh, very confusing to a dealer. Mm-hmm. So let me just back up a little bit and, and reset. Sure. In my latest book, Gross Deception, I write about what I call the new math of the used car business. The new math of the used car business kicked in mid-2016. And essentially what it says is that a vehicle runs out of net profit contribution to the department somewhere around 30 days. And consequently, if you're stocking more vehicles and you're selling in a rolling 30-day period, those vehicles in excess, which eventually do transact, even though they might show you a small front-end gross profit, once you pay a salesperson a commission and allocate departmental expenses, when that transaction hits the bottom line, it's a net negative. And that's the first of many examples that I call gross deception that I wrote about in the book. Mm -hmm. This new math, unfortunately, is something that most dealers to this day still don't understand. But once you do understand this reality, and it is a reality for every dealer, that assuming the car is purchased right, it runs out of net profit contribution around 30 days, you cannot avoid the conclusion that in order to reverse the negative net profit trend that's occurring across dealerships, you have to reduce or eliminate the number of transactions that you sell uh, vehicles and inventory after 30 days. So what that means is that you have to stock 30 days worth of sales, hence a rolling 30-day sales compared to your current inventory. If you have more vehicles and in inventory than you sold in the last 30 days, you don't need to buy any more cars. You'll trade for cars, and of course, you never want to stop or slow that, but you don't need to buy any more cars. And if you have more vehicles in stock than you sell in a rolling 30-day period, the larger that gap is, the less profit you're going to have in your department. Or put another way, the smaller that gap is, the more profit you're going to make. So that's where we really began the discussion uh, when we introduced this past year the book Gross Deception. However, in recent times, COVID has thrown us a lot of curveballs. We've seen a lot of dramatic swings in in vehicle stocks and vehicle valuation, and um, it's still very much in in motion. Uh, We don't know from one day or week to another uh, what's going to happen with the infection rate, nor do we know what's going to happen with government stimulus 
uh, on any given day it, it could look very different. So my experience is, is that in where dealers often find themselves in trouble with vehicle inventory is in transition periods. And typically transition periods are gradual and somewhat predictable, largely based on seasonality and maybe some other macro trends. But in this COVID environment right now, there's huge transitions happening in the market and ones that are very, very difficult to anticipate. So what I am recommending to dealers, although it's not new recommendation, is that they stock no more vehicles than they sell in a rolling 30-day period. What I'm advocating differently now is how you calculate your rolling 30-day sales pace. In the past, it's just been look at the calendar, total up all your sales in the last 30 days, and that's what it is. Tomorrow, you drop off the 31st day and you add today. Well, in this very transitional uh, environment that we're in right now, what I would say is 30 days seems like really an eternity ago. So what I would recommend is that dealers look at their retail sales count used, retail sales count over the past 14 days, divide it by 14 days to get a daily rate, and then multiply that times 30. So in other words, recalc or calculate your rolling 30-day period uh, based on your last two weeks supply or last two weeks sales pace. And I think that that puts your inventory leveling process uh, more real time, so to speak. So you're, so that, that's a, a sort of a sharper focus on it, current retail demand is, is really the, the point there. Right. And that's what you want to do is as much as possible is align your inventory to the most current retail demand pace hence 14 days versus 30. Now, why not say seven days versus 14? Well, why not seven, why not 10, why right, not yeah. uh, 21? And, and I suppose you could make an argument for seven or any of the other numbers. The reason I like uh, 14 better than seven, better than 30 is it's really just right in the middle. Uh, seven days, you know, you, you could have a bad week. But, and sometimes that happens, uh, but, but a 14-day supply, or excuse me, a 14-day travel rate calculation uh, will almost always, if not always, include two weekends, and weekends are important uh, events in a dealer's sales month, so it gives you two weekends, and it gives you half the month, roughly, to calculate, and I think that just feels right. And I guess it's also, you know, when you were explaining that, Dale, it struck me that, okay, if I'm, if I'm taking a look at the end of the month and trying to figure out what I should stock for the coming month, that's really not what we're talking about. It's kind of an ongoing process here by which you're evaluating both of those variables, the 30 and the 14, to determine how many cars I should go out and get today. Yeah, I, I don't think you stop looking at your rolling 30-day based on the last 30 days. I would continue to look at that, but I'd also compare it against my 30-day pace based on the last 14 days. And if I were a dealer, Lance, there would not be a single day that I'd go to work that I would not compare uh, that rolling pace, whether it be based on 30 or 14, to my current inventory, and at work to close that gap because the smaller that gap is, the more net profit my department will make. I'm curious, Dale, in your, in your work with dealers, among those who may be now following this guidance, 
what's the difference, I guess, if, if between, say, now and then, you know, in terms of are they acquiring fewer cars now that they're doing the 14 and 30 day comparative analysis than they would just, uh, than if they had just looked at the 30 day? It's all over the board. It's absolutely okay. all, all over the board. I, I can't say that there's any consistent outcome to compare to calculating a rolling 30-day based on 30 or 14-day pace. Uh, it, it's all over the board, and and that speaks to uh, that speaks to the type of inconsistency and transition that's occurring in the market, and and the need to be ever vigilant in calculating and balancing inventory against these metrics. And, and Dale, you mentioned that, that this guidance is is coming um, really from a place or a sense of a market in transition. And we're having this conversation on the 10th of August. What are the signs that maybe signal that perhaps we, in fact, are in, in a, a moment of transition or maybe one's not so far afoot? Right. Well, this is that question itself suggests the problem because uh, today is Monday, August 10th, and if you had asked me this question on uh, last Thursday or even last Friday, I probably would have given you a different answer about what my outlook would be for the next 30 days than I'm going to give you today. Mm -hmm. Why? Because over the weekend, something relatively unexpected happened. On Thursday or Friday, I didn't think we were uh, close to a, a new stimulus deal, and over the weekend, the president decided that he was going to uh, implement it due to executive order. Uh, who saw that coming? So, so clearly one of the drivers of the strong retail demand that dealers have been experiencing is government stimulus. And last Friday, it didn't look like we were close to any new government stimulus. And today it looks like we are on the verge of it. So, uh, and tomorrow could be bring a different outcome. There could be a court injunction, perhaps against the executive orders. So this is exactly the point. We just don't know what's happening. And in more, my 40 plus years of retail experience, I honestly can't remember a time when there's more uncertainty about uh, the, the near and, and intermediate future of prospects of selling than there is today. So hence the need to be very vigilant on staying on top of what's happening in the moment. And, and speaking of what's happening in the moment, Dale, you know, it, it's, I have heard from dealers who, when they're thinking about acquiring cars, specifically auction cars, um, some of them are just simply saying, no way, that they, they, they know that vehicles are transacting above MMR in, in some cases, and they just don't want to pay that money, which might temper the number of cars they're actually bringing home. But I guess I'm curious, what is your thinking as it relates to maybe buying cars where there's really little or no margin between what you acquire them for and what you would sell them for at retail? This brings up another unusual characteristic of today's market. Normally, it's the case that when wholesale prices move up or down, retail prices also move up or down uh, in concert with those movements. Uh, in, in this COVID environment, we've absolutely seen wholesale prices rise dramatically higher and faster than we're seeing retail prices rise. And therefore, there's an asymmetry and there's the legitimate concern among dealers that if you look at what you have to pay to acquire a vehicle at auction and compare it to its retail value, by the time you pay the auction fee, the transportation, the reconditioning, you're in the vehicle 
for what is today essentially retail money. And therefore, dealers are sort of stopped in their tracks in terms of whether or not they should pull the trigger and buy that vehicle. And, and my recommendation is, uh, or well, I should say my recommendations are a few. First of all, purchasing vehicle, vehicles at auction at the moment would be my last resort. Uh, my first resort would be to obviously trade for them from customers, step up to more vehicles if they're presented to you for trade than you might ordinarily. I would be really harvesting as much as I can out of my service department and trying to buy vehicles from the public. If those uh, forms of acquisition don't get the job done, then yes, I'll go to auction and yes, I'll pay. I'll pay what I have to pay to purchase the right vehicle, the vehicle that I need, even though there may be little, if any, retail profit. And, and, and the reason being is that, number one, I'm guarded against having too many of those vehicles that I have purchased possibly at the top of the market because I'm running that 30-day balanced equation. So I, I might get caught long with a few, but it's only going to be a few. Um, and, and the second reason that I buy the cars that I need, assuming my uh, equation, that balance equation says that I can justify buying the cars, is that even if I don't make any front-end profit, I will likely make some internal fixed gross profit as well as F&I opportunity. But I'm certainly not going to buy any vehicles that I don't need, and uh, I'm not going to buy them when my equation, my balanced inventory equation says that I don't need to be buying them. And one other question, Dale, as it relates to trade-ins, what are you advising or what would you recommend for dealers who, who do say, yes, I, I would like to bring in more uh, trade-ins or, or buy more from customers? I guess I'm specifically thinking about the appraisal process and look-to-book ratios or what, what metrics maybe should dealers be looking at to manage that process more effectively? The appraisal process has always been critical, but no time more critical than today in an environment where likely you need can justify purchasing vehicles and they're so expensive to buy at auction. So I would encourage dealers to focus very, very carefully on their appraisal process and use a discipline process, something uh, you know that, that has um, methodology baked into it like uh, our instant cash offer or other similar programs. Uh, you you want to be buying cars from customers who might be uh, that you might also be selling cars to. So, what is an appropriate look to book? Well, I, I would say that at a minimum, at a minimum, you want to be capturing at least 40%, I would say, a minimum. And you'd like to really be getting up to 60, 65%. And for those dealers who use a consistent discipline methodology for doing that, they're often able to achieve those sort of uh, metrics. Well, very good. Dale, thank you as always for joining us for today's podcast episode and sharing some insights on how to acquire inventory in this, in this current market. We appreciate your perspective. It's my pleasure, Lance. Thanks. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining today's podcast. Until next time. Stay well.